You are listening to Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives with me, Sarah Tasker. This is episode seven. Hello. So I have such a treat for you this week and I'm really, really excited to share it. You might have already heard me mention Tara because she's genuinely one of my very favourite people talking and sharing on the internet. So get set for a hugely inspiring chat all about the importance of finding your true audience, why it matters, how it works and why Instagram followers are really a lousy way to measure the health of any online venture. Hi Tara. Hello Sarah. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I'm a bit fangirling actually because I love your podcast so much. (laughs) Well I'm a bit fangirling because I love your podcast and Instagram (laughs) and everything you do. Oh well a mutual fangirling, I like it. Yay. So let's start with telling everybody about what it is you do. Yeah so I help makers and artists primarily uh, become their own business expert. And we do that through uh, classes and workshops and an online community. And of course, classes around the world now, one of which, which you were in um, yes. when I went to the UK for the first time. And um, yeah, I write books and I have a weekly podcast. And my goal is to help people learn to um, trust their own intuition when it comes to building a business that's going to be sustainable and is going to be one they love, as opposed to looking at what everybody else is doing and feeling bad about where you are in your journey. Oh my goodness, I feel like already everyone is, is, their ears will be pricking up because I feel like that hits so many buttons for so many of us, which is how I found you and I got so stuck into your podcast because I think you represent a really nice combination of practical advice, but being very inspirational and positive as well. <laughs> well, thanks. And that's, and that's my goal. It's funny because I, I always want to be as practical as possible. Like I want you to have something applicable to do, but um, it's really easy to get just stuck in all of the things you should do and not feel like you're capable or like you could move forward or like you're good enough. So we have to address that part of it too. So I wanted you to come on today to talk about everything you do, basically. But especially one thing I knew would really resonate with the people I work with and the people who I know are listening. And that is when you talk about right people. Can you give us a little introduction to what it is you're talking about when you mention right people? Okay, so when I talk about right people, I'm specifically meaning if you're using a tool like Instagram or you're building a business, you're selling a product or a service or you're just trying to put awesome content into the world through your blog or your Instagram feed, who are you serving? Who is it for? And although there are definitely right people, the people who are going to love it, it's not that there are wrong people. It's just a bunch of people you can stop worrying about. So I initially started teaching about this concept because um, a lot of my makers and artists and designers would get worried about what their college roommate thought of their business, (laughs) or they would get distracted by what their uncle said at Christmas time about their business. And I was like, okay, but those are not the people you're serving or that you're creating for. And if you can keep your eye on the very specific person who's going to be totally delighted by what you do in the world, A, you're going to serve her better because you're going to talk directly to her. And B, you're going to let people know if you know, if you're having a business and they're going to buy a product or if they're going to follow you on Instagram or if they're going to some way like engage and move closer to you and your work, they're going to know, oh, this is for me. And to be really effective in any kind of marketing, and marketing is just talking about your work with people who are interested in it. 
that's that's all I mean when I say marketing. I don't mean trying to convince people to buy or feel stressed that they have to buy. Simply sharing what you do with people who it's right for. Yes, nothing sleazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you want to be really effective at that communication or really all communication, you need to know who you're speaking to and then speak directly to them. And it's funny because this this comes up all the time, right? This comes up whether um, you are a blogger trying to grow your traffic or you're an Instagrammer just trying to make people happy mm-hmm. or if you're a husband and wife <laughs> trying to communicate with each other. Um, I can't talk to my husband the way that I talk to my mom or my girlfriends because he has different needs, desires, uh, focuses of things he cares about. Oh my goodness, yes. Try having a a toddler, a (laughs) four-year-old actually. (laughs) You need a whole different register to talk to them. Exactly. And that comes back to like knowing your audience and speaking directly to them. Like that's all it is, is right people is just that person you most want to communicate with. And there's a, there's a real sense of relief, I think, as well, when you start to get into this way of thinking, because it gives you permission to stop worrying about what everyone else is saying and what everyone else is thinking. And to an extent, I guess, to what everyone else is doing. Yes. Yes. Because, because like you and I are talking uh, in our podcast and in our Instagram streams to slightly different right people. Mm. And so I don't need to go and look at your Instagram numbers or the kind of photos you post and feel crappy about mine because they're not like perfect (laughs) and beautiful and gray and white and black. (laughs) (laughs) They are perfect and beautiful because they're perfectly and beautifully you, but they're not gray and white and black. They're definitely not. Everyone can go and check you out. You're just Tara Swigger, aren't you, on, on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing, because my audience is different, it also gives you permission to be more of yourself. So I'm goofy and I'm wearing hand-knit rainbow socks right now. And (laughs) I'm like, you know, I can be more myself because I realize that my right people, that's what they're going to be looking for. And it's really true. And I've I've come across this in various kind of business things I've done and also just in, in real life that the more specific you get about who you are, and the more kind of true you can be to that, you feel like you're going to be specializing yourself into such a tiny niche, but somehow it opens everything up instead. And I guess it's that thing, it resonates so loudly with the right people. Exactly. Yes. And it's and it's like um, you and your Mark Hamill thing, right? <laughs> like people, I'm sure, I mean, I, I read your post about it, right? Like you thought it was like a goofy, fun project, but it's amazing yeah. how many people even if they weren't Star Wars fanatics, that people love seeing other people be really passionate. Yes. And that is what it comes down to. I think that even if um, 90% of the people who follow me or take my classes or I work with, they would not describe themselves in the same terms I describe myself. Maybe they're way younger, maybe they're way older, maybe they're grandparents or parents, or they've got different business goals. But me being myself gives them permission to be themselves and like, in your Mark Hamill situation, it gives people uh, like permission to be goofy or silly or to really go hard after something that just gets them excited. Yeah, and we can all relate to passion. And I I suppose it's also a a sense of honesty that you get from that other person as Mm -hmm. well, because you know that they are who who they say they are. And it's so hard now on social media to Although we all think maybe we're able to hide, we spoke about this a little bit last week with Jono, like actually the truth kind of comes out of who you are. So you do get a sense, even if it's not completely consciously, I think sometimes of someone who is maybe not putting their full self out there versus someone who is. Yes, absolutely. And you get 
it's exciting to see people who are excited about things. Yes. And it's like, it's like inspiring for you to do your own weird thing when you see people doing their weird thing. And getting away with it and, <laughs> and, and not losing their entire audience. So how, how does someone even start to identify who, who this audience is? Well, it really comes back to what your goal is. What is it that you're trying to do? And you might not have like, when I say goal, um, maybe the better word is mission. It depends on what you're trying to do in the world and for yourself. So um, I talk a lot about how it's okay to have both an internal mission, like I'm building this business so I can pay my bills, or I'm creating this beautiful Instagram feed or blog because it makes me really happy and it gives me a creative outlet. Mm. And then there's also an external mission. Like I'm doing it because I want to give other moms permission to, uh, you know, share their messy lives or I want to bring more color into the world or I want to just cheer people up when they're feeling down. So one thing I've noticed a lot in people who take my course is that quite often they're not even used to considering what their goal might be. So it's quite, I think it's easy if you've got, say, a shop, you know that you've got an Instagram account because you want to sell more in your shop. But if you haven't quite got that set up yet, maybe you're just a creator and you're not really sure where it's going to take you, people struggle to kind of put names to those goals, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and that's why it can help to think about just what your your mission is. like, And then that brings you to who you want to serve. So maybe you're like, I don't know what my mission is, but you think I want to be talking to, or I want to make, uh, moms with six months old (laughs) feel better about how sleep deprived they are. Right. Or I, I, um, have a passion for, uh, and this was my passion for a long time, fiber, um, like local fiber and supporting local fiber, farmers, um, you know, sheep farmers and alpaca farmers. And so hmm, maybe my content wants to highlight them and feature them. And what we're, we're kind of getting around to is that by thinking about what you want to do in the world and what you want to do for yourself, even if it's not build a business, but it's like just creatively express yourself. Like I, I find a lot of artists struggle with um, thinking that they have a goal or a mission because they're like, I just paint and create because I like painting and creating Mm. or, you know, an artistic photographer is like, I'm just, I'm just doing it because I love to do it. Or I mean, any kind of artist or creative or just writer, right? I'm just Mm. doing it because I enjoy doing it. But you'll find as you do it more, you have a focus or an aesthetic and that appeals to some kind of person. And there's a reason, presumably, that you've then chosen to share it on Instagram or on a blog or wherever people are putting it online, which if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume that you are doing. (laughs) So um, there's a part of you, obviously, that does want to connect with an audience, even if that is just for feedback on what you're creating, I guess. Exactly. And just knowing that, just like being clear that maybe you're just talking to other people who think what you find beautiful is beautiful. Which is an amazing experience, actually, to find those people. Exactly. And that then gives you permission to just focus on what you find is beautiful and not on what the most Instagrammable thing is or the thing that will get the most likes, but you just keep focusing on what you find is beautiful. And that's going to appeal to more people. That's going to appeal to your right people, the people who like that. And then then those are the people you're serving. So sometimes when I work with um, people who are just doing it for their own creative expression, we, we come at right people kind of backwards. You focus on you and doing more of what you really love and like you find absolutely gorgeous or inspiring or whatever. You keep sharing it. Then you'll attract some people. Then you figure out, oh, my right person is this and this and this. 
Like that's what they all have in common. Yeah, so you kind of read the data as it, exactly. as it comes in. Exactly. And then some people go out there and they're like, I specifically want to help, you know, moms of infants not feel like a hot mess. And so they have a kind of clearer mission from the start, but it's okay if you don't, you can still think about who loves what I do and how can I stay focused on them and ignore everyone else. And then that guides your content decisions, that guides the kind of things you write on your descriptions or the kind of things you send in your email or the kind of things you blog about. Um, And you know everybody who hates this or who thinks this is stupid, I'm not focused on them. They will just fall off. They will just go away, right? Yeah, because it's not for them. It was never intended for them. Exactly. But that, um, as we say it, it sounds like so simple. But I know, I mean, I've been doing a business since 2006. It's actually really hard to say to yourself, oh, they'll just go away and that'll be fine because it's not for them. Right. Your brain still wants to be like, or my brain, at least I want everyone to like me. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Especially that's a real female trait. I think we're conditioned to want everyone to like us. And also if you're struggling or if your business is just getting by, the idea that you might potentially alienate a portion of your audience can feel terrifying. And when I'm, when I'm talking to businesses about this, I always remind them that, um, you can't be everything to everyone because you just don't have the scale and the systems and like, you don't want to be Walmart you want to make the people who you serve ridiculously excited. And the only way you do that is by uh, turning off some portion of people who aren't ridiculously (laughs) excited (laughs) about it. And um, it kind of reminded me of the conversation you had with Jono about like what he does is for a specific set of people who want his mugs and cups Mm. and that's it. He's not trying to make, um, everyone in the world who uses a cup happy and he couldn't possibly because he hasn't got the time or the scale so he has to be so specific because that's all he knows how to do is to to make his people happy right and when he was talking about um sharing about his um mental health struggles it really made me think that he is by being open with it he is allowing the people who don't want to hear about that and would be turned off to like fall away and go away. And that then gives him more permission to be more himself as opposed to if you hide that, you always worry, oh man, will some percentage of my people hate me when they find this out or will they judge me or will they think mm. I'm crazy? And so you keep hiding it and it's like it festers. Which is not good for you psychologically or creatively or in a a business it's bad on every level exactly and I find people all the time who are feeling really stuck and like they can't create and it's because they think the thing they want to make and the thing they want to do they're afraid people won't like it and so they don't move forward at all because they have this fear that if I did what I really wanted to do everybody and everybody is a a loose term here everyone would hate me (laughs) and it's like you have to move through that do it prove to yourself that some portion of people are going to love it and then it gives you more permission to do the next weird thing. And this is actually part of the reason I think that business is a kind of therapy. And when I say business, I really mean growing any kind of audience, whether you sell something or, or not, because you have to move through your own stuff around being worried that people are judging you. Yes, it's so true. <laughs> and your own stuff related to if you feel like you're good enough and you are allowed to be who you really are. 
self-worth and self-acceptance and validation it's all in there because I always say Instagram is therapy but you're right it's not it's just growing any audience or growing any kind of communication tool I suppose yeah or really sharing anything that you care about deeply right it share like like putting a piece of your heart or your eye or your vision out into the world. And Instagram is one way you can do that. Selling a product is another way. Writing a blog, of course, is so vulnerable. Mm. And and that's the thing is writing a blog, even if you never talk about your personal life, is still really vulnerable because you're putting your writing out into the world. I think that all of that you're saying about feeling like you have to be liked is especially pertinent on Instagram, where obviously we're in the trade of likes and followers. And we see this role model of people with a really big audience getting huge numbers of likes and people immediately think that they have to have that in order to be successful, which isn't necessarily true depending on your goal. Absolutely. Well, and so I'm a great example of this. I only have right now, it's like a little over 3000 followers on Instagram, but I have a business that pays a hundred percent of my family's bills. So you might look at someone who has 300,000 followers and think, oh, they have a successful business and they have 3000 thus, or 300,000 rather, thus I can't have a successful business until I hit 300,000. And the problem with that is it comes back to right people is if, is if you have 300,000 followers and none of them like what you are doing, you're not going to be able to reach your goals or your mission or do what you're trying to do with it. Now, if you are entirely only care about that number because that's your your mission is to just have a huge following and let the number stroke your ego, then that's fine. But if you want to do anything else, if you want to get readers for your book or funders of your project, or you want to sell the thing that you really love making, or you want to meet people who become your friends, for that, you have to make sure your audience is filled up with people who actually want to, to do and interact with you in the ways that you want them to. And better to have 3,000 of them than 300,000, because at least you've got 3,000 of them then who actually want to know what you're saying. Exactly. And that's the thing about, um, I recently sent a survey to all of my email subscribers. And actually, Instagram is one of my lowest numbers online. I don't know. I don't know why exactly. But like You're quite new to using it as well, though, aren't you? Or have I just not seen you there before? <laughs> No, I think I think I was using it for years. I just wasn't using it as a business like um You just went you weren't in your Instagram mojo. Mode. Exactly. And here's the thing. <laughs> um and this is what it's funny because some people, my not right people, <laughs> will judge me based on my numbers. And I've had people say, um, well, why are your numbers so low? <laughs> and it's because that's not where I focused on growing my business. I've always been focused on a serving my people and creating resources for them that serve them where they are. So like if, if I realize a lot of my people aren't taking action because of lack of confidence, I put together an e-course and an Instagram challenge about building your confidence. If a lot of my people don't know their numbers, then I put together a course about helping them uh, figure out their numbers. Um, so number one, serving the people I actually had, 
who actually were with me since I uh, built my yarn business and quit my day job back in 2009. And of course, I've gathered more people since then, but some of them have been um, following and like learning from me since 2009 and 2010. And it's right to invest in them because they've invested in you and, and they are your existing audience. Exactly. And even people who have just never invested anything but listen to the podcast every week, I want to give them more of what they need. And so that's my external mission. And then my internal mission has been to build a sustainable business that lets me and my husband do what we want to with our time. Now, one of the things I want to do with my time is write and podcast and talk to other small business owners. Like having the business is like, sir, is the thing in and of itself that makes me happy, (laughs) but it, it has to pay the bills in order for me to be able to sustainably keep doing that. So instead of ever caring about numbers, I cared about sales and sustainability and service. And I just realized those are three S's. That sounds like I had that planned. (laughs) That's beautiful. That sounds like another book that needs to be written. (laughs) There you go. I need to take a note of this. Um, (laughs) And that, that meant that my numbers didn't grow high, but they went deep. Yes. So like when I sent the survey to my people, over 75% of my email subscribers had purchased at least something from me, whether that's a $25 book or a $200 class But that's because I keep making the thing they're asking for. It's not because I'm beating them over the head to buy my stuff. (laughs) You know, and that kind of conversion means that I don't need big numbers. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. It makes, I think it makes perfect sense. And I hope that it's kind of a light bulb moment for other people listening. Because I know the first time I heard you talk about this, it really was for me. And also with somebody who, for me, my audience obviously came first. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, what do I want to do? And how do I want to turn this into a business? But I... I kind of have these two strands where I have to try and maintain and keep growing my numbers because that's kind of where I've come from. Mm -hmm. But you're so right. That is completely different. That is a different job altogether. Exactly. To what you do when you want to actually invest in the people you've already got and create for them. And I feel like it it kind of messes with my head sometimes because they are so separate. (laughs) I almost need to have separate days of the week to do them. Yes. And, you know, for you, like you have... I mean, if, if I can just <laughs> say, um, you have like two directions you could go. And of course, like you said, like they're, they require two different kinds of uh, foci. So like one is that you could keep creating classes or services or whatever for the audience you have and go and go like deeper into, into serving who they are exactly right now. And this is something mm-hmm. um, I talk about with people. Anytime you grow your business, you can create more services for the audience you have or you can get more audience into the uh, primary service or class you offer or product, right? Yes. Because I work with artists and makers. These are the examples I have. If you sell um, pillows for couches, right, you can create uh, more and more different kinds of pillows or sewn things for people's houses and just keep serving the people who have your stuff in their home. Or you can find more people who want a brand new pillow from a brand new pillow maker. And both of those can be equally profitable. And Definitely. And in fact, you're going to do both over the course of your business life. Um, I kind of think I'm toggling back and forth between the two every quarter or six months um, in my business. So I will spend an amount of time creating a class or launching a class or inviting people to a workshop in person or something online or um, doing a new book and letting people know that that's there. And then I step back from selling and telling them about something they can buy. And I spend three to six months on serving the people. And that means creating uh, free content and answering their questions. And that um, builds my audience. And comes back to that not feeling sleazy, because lots of us feel a bit uncomfortable about 
even Jono was saying it about sending out sales emails even though it's you're giving people you're offering something to people that a lot of people want and it, it isn't sleazy but it can feel it but it's that give and take if you if you feel that you've done a big take to then give for a while can feel like it's a more reciprocal relationship I think exactly and it's um it's good it's good sense because people can't like you're gonna just lose a huge percentage of your people if you're constantly selling to them. But at the same time, if what your mission is, is to build a business, then you can't be afraid to let people know. And the thing is, is the more you let people know, hey, I'm a business and I do this, the more you'll see that your followers are those right people who are interested in that. Yes, because this is another thing. People feel so frightened of selling that they almost hide it. And I see this a lot with clients I work with that they have a shop or they have a product line or something. And you wouldn't know from looking at their pictures or reading their captions. Maybe the odd caption now and again might mention it, but the rest of the time that they don't want to say it because they feel like that's going to put people off. Yes, yes. But it <laughs> won't put the right people off. Right. And the thing is, is that if you do that, A, you're not going to turn a following, you're not going to, you're not going to translate your following into your goal, which is your no. business. Now, like I said, if the, just those big numbers matter to you, then don't ever pitch them anything. But if you want to, um, you know, be self-employed or have a side income or even just like really serve your people by providing the thing that they're asking for, like in your case, I know people saw your following and what you're doing on Instagram and wanted you to teach them. And so if you don't tell them that you have something that will answer their questions, they're going to just keep emailing you their questions because your audience (laughs) gets bigger and bigger. You won't be able to keep doing the thing that they love because you'll spend all of your time for free answering their questions. That's exactly where it came from. I was like, I need a better way of answering these questions. And it turned into a business. Yes. And that's where my first class came from is that people just had questions and I realized I'm spending more time talking to other businesses about their business and not time working on my own. I really thought if I package this all up and I answer everything they want to know in a systematic way that they can work through, I can be done talking about business. (laughs) (laughs) I think I thought the same thing. I'll write my e-course. It will say everything and that'll be the end of it. But of course the, the conversation never ends, which is why there is now the podcast as well, because there is actually so much we could say about all of this. Exactly. And and for you, it's like you might worry that and anybody listening might worry that if they tell people I have a thing that answers your question or I've have this blog that has all the recipes that, you know, you're seeing on my Instagram feed. When you tell people, you might worry you're turning people off. But in fact, the people who are looking for that are going to become your more rabid fans. Like, I don't know that I would follow you on Instagram if you didn't have the uh, podcast and the class where I yeah. could learn more. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, yeah, we definitely have very different aesthetics. You wouldn't be coming along just to look at my window. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they're all very pretty, but if anything, I just feel like my life's a mess. So, <laughs> But then I read your, your uh, caption and then I read your blog and I realize you're very open about your own life being a mess. Yes. <laughs> and, and then you provide me with education and like, and of course I'm a very specific kind of audience, but that's the thing is you want to find that audience and don't think everybody who's going to Instagram only wants pretty pictures and never to hear about your business because there's a good size audience who wants whatever it is you're doing. If it's serving them, they're looking for somebody who can give that to them. 
Definitely. And how many Instagram users are there a month? Is it like 600 million daily active users? That's amazing. I made that up. <laughs> there's a lot anyway. There is a lot. And, and when you think about that huge number, like, yeah, there's enough slices of that pie for everybody to get really, really specific and there'll still be enough to go around. Like the other way of thinking about it that I find really helpful is to think about how I feel when I find an account that answers a question for me or that sells something I've been looking for or didn't know I was looking for, but love instantly. And and I don't feel mad that they're selling to me. I just feel really excited that I found them. Yes, exactly. And actually one of my least favorite things is when I see a picture of something beautiful and I'm like, ooh, where do I get one? Yes. And I can't find any info. And if I see a site filled with that beautiful thing I want and they haven't given me any information, I kind of assume they just own the thing, not that they're selling the thing. Definitely. And so you're doing your people a disservice if you've filled your audience with people who need or want what you do and you don't tell them. And there's a whole portion of people who are going to come, not be able to find the info and stop following you. It makes so much sense. Yeah, because they're just like, I've done this so many times. I've like been in a hashtag, you know, talking to people, looking around. And I see something gorgeous. I read the description. I go to their profile. No info. I scroll back. No info. And I'm like, oh, no link. Where do I, where, I want it. <laughs> How do I get it? And it's so hard when you're in Instagram because you can't copy and paste anything. You're trapped. You have to have that link there in the bio to take you to whatever it is you want to buy or whatever it is you want to visit, the recipes or whatever that's yes. going to be. And so to, um, you know, we've, we're telling you, like, tell people about your business. And I just want uh, to really reiterate that this is twofold. One is so that you can turn um, the followers or buyers. And by the way, we're saying it in Instagram terms, but this also is true if you have an email list. This is true if you have a blog. When you're writing your blog post, tell people about what you do and invite them to it from time to time. But also, um, so one is so that you can turn your audience towards the thing that you're trying to build and you can serve them. If your products or services serve them, you want them to know so that they can be served by you. The second reason though is because it will help your audience um, self-sort into the kind of people who need or want your thing and the people who don't will stop following. And that's a good thing because then the more, <laughs> and this is, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around, but the more that you have people who aren't into it, unfollow, the more certain you'll be every time you talk about it. Oh, people want to hear about this. That's why they're following me. Yes. So I think about it as building right relationships with the right people. If you um, can help me make my Instagram better and more beautiful and get more followers, uh, and I know that about you, I mean, like our, our uh, relationship in me following you and liking your photos and clicking through to your website is built on the fact that I realize you sell something and I want the thing you sell. Whereas if I just follow you for pretty pictures because you never tell me the service, when you do tell me the service, there's going to be me and a bunch of people out there like me who are like, what? She sells something? Ew, that's not why <laughs> yeah. I'm following her. And that's what we're all afraid of. But you can do that. Call those people out and then know every time you talk, oh, these people want to hear that. That's why they're here. And also, especially on something like Instagram with an algorithm, the more you attract the right people and the more the right people are interacting with your posts, the more Instagram will say, oh, this is the type of people that will like this account. I will show this account to more of them. So Instagram then begins to suggest you to your right people instead of to a very general audience. Exactly. And I mean, I found this true in my own business. It's interesting 
that they've managed to make the algorithm work like that because this is also how human networks work. <laughs> so if, if I help one yarn shop owner build her business and she recommends me to three friends, those three friends are often other yarn shop owners. So then I'm speaking at the trade association for yarn shop owners. And I like, I'm deep in one industry and I mean, I have people ask me like, oh, do you only help yarn people? Because I started with a yarn company. I teach at TNNA, which is the Needle Arts Association trade show. I work with a lot of knitwear designers and yarn people. And no, I don't specialize in that. <laughs> it's just that those, it's the uh, human algorithm that simply <laughs> referred me to more people like them. And so, and the same thing is true. Like anytime I help anybody in a specific industry like jewelry or I don't know, bloggers, they then refer me to more people like them. And I go deeper into that industry. Now you're getting into the Instagram industry. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a huge industry. <laughs> um, I don't know how you stay up on top of all of it. I'd, uh, but that, yes. Yeah, so the more you do, the thing you do to serve the specific people that you serve, the more both Instagram will recommend you to more people like that, but also those humans will recommend you to more people like them. Yes. And that's how your business grows. Whereas if you're not focusing on your specific right people and you're just sending out a message hoping everybody likes it, they're not going to know you who to refer you to. If I don't say that I do business help for makers and artists, even when I help a maker, she's not going to know, well, who else could benefit from what Tara does? Or in your case, if you help somebody grow their Instagram following, they're thinking about other people who need their Instagram following grown, so they'll refer you to them. Yes, whereas if you try and please everybody and you keep it super vague. Right. It's also, and I've been in that position myself, I think, with my blog, where you try and offend nobody and please everybody, and you end up with nothing yeah. to say. You're just so <laughs> middle of the yes. road, kind of vague nothingness and no one to recommend you because if I don't really know what you do and I mean of course I, I find a zillion generalized blogs and I don't know I can't tell anybody oh go read that blog because she does xyz mm -hmm. and when I say does that could be your business or that could just be the kind of post you write but that's even goes back to like your aesthetic and your photography style I'm going to recommend people follow you when I know that they love that or when they're looking for something similar to that Right? Definitely. It should grab you straight away who it's for and what it's about. Exactly. Because it's so clear because you've focused it so much on those right people that then I know other people like that. And it makes it very easy for me to send other people to you. Which comes back to the difference between everyone maybe just liking what you do versus people seeing your passion and some people absolutely loving what you do. And if if it resonates to that extent where people feel really passionate about what you do, then they're going to go and tell other people about it too. Whereas if you just kind of like it, then you're probably not going to remember to mention it to anybody. Exactly. And I, I do want to encourage anybody who's listening and thinking, ah, oh, not only do I not know what my mission is, but I don't have a clear aesthetic style and I don't know what I'm doing. Like that's normal. It's a totally normal part of the process of figuring it out. As you figure it out, I mean, A, and I think you agree, Sarah, you just figure it out by doing yes. it more and more. You and just more. have to keep going through it. Exactly. And then as you do, all we're saying is add to that um, trial and error by looking at, okay, who likes this and what are they into and what else do they like? And not so that you're just making something that you don't like, but they do, but 
I mean, this even can go back to what are the photos that get the most comments and engagement? Yeah. What did you write on those photos? How did you take those photos? But also like, what are the questions that they ask and what are the kind of things that they're into? And while you're figuring out your style and the thing that you're going to do to serve the world or your own goals for like your internal mission, you're not alone in it. You can learn from um, the people that are already interacting with you. And we're so fortunate that we have Instagram and platforms like that where it's in front of us. It's They're there. Those conversations are written down on the page for us to join in with and for us to read through. Exactly. Because before you'd have to just like stalk them around town (laughs) (laughs) in order to to get this like level of detail of like what hashtags do they use? um, Like how do they interact in their comments? What are the questions they're posting on their own Instagram page that they need solved? Um, And that whole answering people's questions that they need solved is really how you build a sustainable business. But even if you're not interested in building a business and you just want to know, what should I blog about next? Go see what your most ardent fans are dealing with in their life. And that's what you blog about. Definitely, Because if they're dealing with it, millions of people like them are dealing with it. And that is true again and again and again. I find this like, if I get asked a question more than twice, I think write blog post and I write it and they're always my biggest hits because if two people feel it, then you can pretty much guarantee that 2000 people are going to feel it. And, And the same thing with your podcast, right? You're going for covering topics that people are actually asking. Yes. And it's, and it's kind of funny because I feel like a lot of times people ask me a question and I think, well, the answer to that is answered by 500 people. Like, just go, just go and do that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like so many people have asked me Instagram questions about, um, uh, like making their feed better. And I send them to your PDF and I'm like, uh, to your Insta retreat, I think it's called. Yeah. Thank you. Right. And I'm like, okay, go sign up for that. (laughs) And there are, and then I think, well, there are 500 answers to this question. Maybe I shouldn't answer it because there are already so many answers to the question. Mm. But the fact is everybody resonates with somebody different, like with a different voice, with a different yes. aesthetic. They're looking for it to be answered in their specific way. So like there are a million people uh, who will talk about right people, but maybe as your ideal avatar or your target market. And for some reason, when you heard me say it in that workshop, it clicked in a way that even though I know you've been reading and listening to business advice for a while, it hadn't clicked before. And that's not a problem with you. That's a problem with the way that the information was delivered and not even a problem. Everybody just has their own way of delivering information. And so I want to encourage everybody that when somebody asks you a question and you think, oh, 500 people have already answered that, I'm not going to. No, the people are asking you because they want your take on it. They want you to explain it in your words. And they trust you and they trust that you will see it from their perspective and that you will give them the answers that they're looking for. Exactly, exactly. And I see so many people get stopped from from creating their best work or like like you said, writing the posts that are their biggest posts because they think, well, I'm just going to tell them they should go Google it or they should go find the answer elsewhere. It's like, no, they're coming to you because they trust and want it from you. Yeah, it'd be madness to send them away. <laughs> madness on every level to send people away who have come and engaged with yes, you. Unless unless you just truly don't like talking about something. Like, um, I have no photography advice to And that's why <laughs> uh, when we met in person, I asked you, like, does your class talk about photography tips? Because I don't ever want to create a class or a product or anything that gives photography advice because that is of no interest to me to teach. Like, I like to learn it to make my own photos better, but I don't, I don't feel 
like teaching it. And because I've been doing this for a while and I have a very specific idea of who my people are, I would rather send them to somebody that I know and I trust to learn that. But that's the only time you send people away is if it's really not in alignment with what you do well. That makes perfect sense. And one of the things that um, kind of along similar lines, I suppose, was when when I spoke to you about people who were maybe going to sign up for my e-course, or were inquiring about my e-course, who had really low technical knowledge, maybe they hadn't even set up an Instagram account yet, maybe they didn't even have the app, and when they were asking how they needed to do that, and I said to you, I was worried. So that the people who it would be too advanced for would self-select out. That's it. That's exactly it. If you use language that only an Instagram user who's already set up their account and figured out how to post pictures would understand, then everybody who doesn't understand that will be like, hmm, I don't know what she's talking about. I should probably figure it out first. Exactly. Which then frees up my time. It frees up my energy. And it also means that my customers have a better experience because they're not coming along expecting it to answer all of their really kind of beginner's technical questions, which my course doesn't. And you don't want to spend your time and energy creating the technical stuff, which actually Instagram has already done. Yes, brilliantly as well. So I can't beat that. Exactly. So like, that's exactly it. That's another way of really knowing your right people and deciding um, I need people to self-select out. Otherwise, I'll spend my time recreating something that's very simple that's already been created. And that's not the best use of your um, energy and creativity and like gifts to the world. And I think that's probably true for a lot of businesses that if you you can learn from the negative customer experiences or any negative feedback from people who you think, okay, it wasn't that what I was delivering was wrong. It was just that maybe it wasn't right for them. Exactly. And I, um, yeah, I mean, I have this all the time. I mostly work with people who I say are in the middle of their business, as in you've done the initial setup, maybe you started your Etsy shop or you started your blog and you don't know, okay, how do I make sales now? But there are millions more people who want to do it, but haven't done it yet. But I just feel like there, especially when I got started, there are tons of books that already taught that part of it, but weren't covering the middle part of it. The how do you keep it going? How do you set goals? How do you stay consistent? Um, you know, how do you build your confidence to go to the next level? All of that stuff wasn't being covered that I could find when I started, but tons of that intro stuff was. So when people say, I haven't started my business yet, I recommend them two to three books. And I say, this will help you get started once you're started and your Etsy shops up and you want to make sales, I can help you with that part of it. And I put that on my sales pages. <laughs> like, who is this for? Who is this not for? I say it regularly. I point out who I'm working with and feature them so that everybody can self-select out in order for me to serve my best people best. And then they may well come back to you at a later point. So it's not like you're sending them away and turning business away. You are just steering it all in the right direction. And what's funny is if I let them into my class and then they realized it was all over their head and we would both be frustrated and then they would go away forever and that would be a loss on all sides. Yeah, and they'd have a negative experience and maybe they'd tell their friends that it wasn't great for them. And it, yeah, it's, it's a negative for everybody. And then, and this is something I think about all the time, but it's going to sound kind of woo woo. And that's, the, <laughs> I need, I need to feel like I'm always in integrity. You know, we, <laughs> you were talking about people struggle to sell their thing because, because the whole like money stuff and like yes. worrying you're being salesy. And the only way I get over that is by, by realizing that my, whatever I'm selling, it truly serves the people who it's for and people have benefited from it. So I'll often trial something with a small group of people who are already my people, either for free or super reduced so that they get 
so that then I can see that it works and I fix the things that aren't working. And that way I feel totally in integrity when I sell it because I know that it helps people who are at the place where it will help them. Yes. And so I'm happy to tell people, oh, I don't think that this will help you in where you are on your journey now. Here's something else because it's the only way I can feel confident saying when someone else who it's right for asks, I'll say, um, I think this will do exactly what you're telling me you want it to do. Yes. Right. And then feel fine saying that and not feel like you sound like you're just trying to talk them into it. Because if you believe in your own content, if you believe in what you've produced, then it feels it doesn't feel sleazy to tell people about it. Exactly. And that's the only way I've ever been able to get over my own issues with talking about myself or sharing my thing or acting like I have any idea what I'm doing is because I know it that I'm always going to be honest with people. And like, it's funny, we've managed to not use the word authentic yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that I'm like, it's truly coming from like integrity. And that if some, if it's not for someone, I will tell them it's not for you with all the love and like help them find the thing that is for them. And that that means that I don't, I mean, as much as possible, I'm avoiding feeling like, Oh God, I'm so salesy. I'm horrible. I'm sleazy. And I think this is where, why people shy away from the term marketing instantly and feel horrible about it. Because our experience of marketing in the wider world is when you buy the face cream or the shampoo or whatever that promises all these amazing things. And then you realize you've just been tricked. And yes. you've been sold something you didn't really want. It doesn't really work. It doesn't live up to its claims. And so we, we assume that that's how you have to sell, that you have to lie about a product. But actually, that's not what people like us are doing because our business is ourselves and our relationships with our customers are genuine two-way things. So you have to believe in what you're selling. It has to deliver on what you're promising or else I can't imagine it would last very long and it would be a very uncomfortable experience. Yeah. And this is this is actually where like having the people who aren't your right audience hurts you. So if you do one of those things like you talked about in one of the earlier episodes about buying a bunch of followers mm. and your followers aren't people who need what you sell, but you sell it hard and you tell them that it is like that you can keep that business going, but only if you keep paying for more people and like it's just you're <laughs> nobody who's listening to this is going to be able to feel good about that for five minutes. No. And so we're talking about the opposite. We're talking about specifically writing your content and posting content that will reach and attract the people who will love the thing you're doing and who will be served by your mission. And when that's all in alignment, it's really great. Like everybody I work with in my business is fantastic and we get along and like, I just adore who they are because I'm attracting those people by posting the content that they'll like reading or paying attention to or listening to. Absolutely. The Facebook group for my e-course is like my favorite place to hang out. I feel like we're all just friends. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because you've brought so much of yourself and you're so focused on serving your right people here in this podcast and on your blog. And then that leads those people to the e-course, which then you're like, you guys are the best people ever. And it's such a nice way to do business yes. rather than that model of trying to flog something that you can't possibly believe in, like a shampoo. <laughs> exactly. So have you got some like top tips to finish us off on this that would help people either focus in on their right people or to identify who it is? Sure. Uh, so there are kind of two ways to go about this. The first one is if you know your mission, like you're a wedding photographer in Johnson City, Tennessee, um, the people you're serving are newly engaged people in Johnson City, Tennessee. So you want to focus 
all of your content and your strategies, uh, like Sarah teaches about um, hashtags and commenting and liking, you want to focus that on specifically reaching those people. You also want to write content that's specifically for those people. Maybe it's a recommendation of the top five bakeries in town. You know, you want to do partnerships that focus on those people. So that's one way of going about it. Um, I... I mean, both Sarah and I backed into our businesses because people were asking us questions. And then we got more clear about who that person is that we're serving because we see oh, who gets the best results out of yes. this. So that's the that's the second way to do it. The first way is you specifically know. Um, when I sold yarn, um, I sold big, bulky, brightly rainbow striped yarn, as you can imagine. And <laughs> so I knew the people who were going to knit with this yarn, I actually they were going to be younger and hipper than they were instead they were grandmas who wanted to make really simple hats for like kindergartners because oh. those are the colors I love is <laughs> kindergartner colors <laughs> so um they you know it's like toddler hats basically is what people knit so I created more and more content on my blog for people who are going to knit those projects the second way is you are doing the thing you love to do, whether that's you're making the kind of cup you love to make or you're posting the kind of photos that you think are beautiful or you are writing the kind of articles either about your life or your interests or, I don't know, politics that you super care about and people come to it because they're attracted to it because they like your viewpoint or your aesthetic or it's in some way speaking to them for whatever reason, then you look at who those people are and you just think about, okay, what am I doing that's helping them? And what else could I do to help them? And then that can guide all your content going forward. Whether you ever sell a thing or you just um, are blogging and building your audience that way, um, you focus on who are those people it best serves and you do more to serve them. And in doing that, you develop a very clear voice and viewpoint and that then really attracts more people because we want to follow and listen to and see people with a very clear viewpoint that is like a more resonant bell than something that's kind of muddy and all over the place. Absolutely. Yeah. Resonant is the word. It's got to resonate with the right people. Mm -hmm. One thing that I know that people come up against when they first kind of come across this notion um, and when they start to be more specific about what they're doing. So say that's from the e-course or just they've decided to kind of get really specific. Sometimes on Instagram and probably on other platforms too, it slows for a while before the right people really find you. Yes. And so people maybe just need to be aware of that and that there is that uncomfortable period where you, you have to just believe in yourself and you have to trust the process and trust that they will find you. Mm -hmm. Because if you've built up an audience that's very generic or you've built up maybe an audience that no longer is quite right for what it is you're trying to do with your account, I guess there's always going to be that period, isn't there, of kind of losing the wrong not the wrong people, but the, the not right people. Yeah. And that's normal. And the other thing that I want you all to keep in mind is your end goal. So if your end goal is to photograph uh, weddings in Johnson City, then you don't need a huge audience. You need an audience that's super focused that all want to hire you. So keep that in mind when you are following and paying attention to people who have ginormous Instagram followings, yours might not need to be ginormous. So if your growth slows, but everyone who comes to you comments and likes your photos, A, that's good for the algorithm. And B, that means you can have conversations where you actually provide what they need, right? You post the kind of content that they're most looking for, which is going to get them more engaged, which it is going to spread because growth it's kind of new people need to always be following you to keep your business or finding you mm -hmm. in order to keep your business healthy. But 
it doesn't have to be at the scale, the same scale as someone who's building an audience based on having to have a large audience. In fact, I would say that really numbers on Instagram are a terrible metric to measure your business <laughs> health by because they don't mean they don't mean sales, they don't mean conversions necessarily, do they? No, not at all. And in fact, I mean, I entirely pay attention and, and encourage my people to pay attention to both your, um, of course, your sales, but also your profit. And um, more than that, the number of people who are who you're having conversations with, who are uh, responding and asking you questions, the people who are emailing you questions about your product and the people who then follow through and buy, because just a huge percentage of people in the world don't need the thing that you're doing. They don't need to read your blog. It's not going to serve them. They don't need to buy your pillows. It's not what they're looking for. And so, you know, you can't compare yourself to all the people in the world. <laughs> you need just that small audience. And, um, and that's why the Instagram numbers don't indicate really anything. And, and I mean, like we've said, it's possible to have a large thriving business that meets all of your personal goals with a very small following and it's possible to do it with a very large following. There's there's not like a number at mm. which suddenly everything flips and your business is thriving or you've reached all your goals. Absolutely you know? not, if only. And actually, that is that is so true that I've worked with people with huge followings who haven't figured out how to make it work. And I've worked with people with tiny followings who have got such amazing business sense and an amazing connection with their audience that they are already making it work. And, and yeah, the Instagram number is not the measure of health of the business. It's really about you and, and your own your own approach to it and your own connections. Exactly. And then the next, the like the kind of next level way to think about this is that um, what is successful for me is probably different than what's successful for Sarah is going to be different than what's successful for you. So you might want to just um, have an audience and a platform in order to share your passion or um, your politics or your recipes or the fact that you think everybody should be vegan or you think the fact that everybody should be paleo, that might be your goal. And so your uh, model would look very different from mine because I want to pay my family's bills. And that's going to look very different from somebody who, um, like I work with a lot of women who have retired or about to retire and they want to supplement their retirement income or perhaps because the stock market fell in 2009, (laughs) they went to, they just want to like build that back up. So they're basically looking for a 10 hour a week, you know, um, just a couple thousand dollars a month business to supplement while they hang out with their grandkids or they travel around in their RV. They do not need 100,000 Instagram followers. <laughs> exactly. And so so that's the real thing is to focus on what what do you consider successful in your own life if you did not know how many followers Sarah has or how much money I made what would be successful for you and your family and your community in your life. And that includes money, that includes time, that includes energy, that includes like sharing your gifts with the world. That includes you feeling uh, creatively satisfied. So that's going to look different for everybody because we all we all have different situations. And once you get clear on that, it becomes a lot easier to filter out all the noise that's like, I made six figures in my first six days. Mm, yes. Which goes back to the whole episode I did actually on why it is redundant to compare yourself to people on social media. Exactly. Because it's you're never getting the full story and it's very rarely applicable to your own goals and your own definitions of success. Exactly. This has been amazing. Tell people where they can find out more. You've got your book. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, well, I have two books. The most recent one, though, is actually all about what we were just talking about, um, getting clear in your own definition of success and then break, like turning that into actionable steps. So um, whether that's your business or whether that's actually I have a friend who used this. Um, she found out her son has autism and she was kind of navigating the whole school special ed situation Um, diagnostic yes (laughs) yes and so she used it to like have a like get very clear about what her vision was of what she wanted right um so the kind of therapy and the kind of schedule and the kind of energy because she also works full-time so um and then to actually break that down into steps they needed to take another person used it to um help her mom clean out her house and sell it and move into a nursing home and now she uses it her mom uses it to set quarterly goals on like just things she wants to like, I'm going to have dinner with five new people or I'm going to like finish this quilt project or just to like, I know I, I was, that. I like cried when I read that email because that's the thing <laughs> is it, is it, we all right need to grow in different ways for whatever our life situation is. And first you've got to recognize where you want to be. Like you really want to be ignoring everybody everybody else and what the rest of the internet's doing and then and then breaking it down to okay like what's a what's a goal in between there a really measurable thing I could achieve that I would know I'm on my way and then okay what are actions I could take today and actions I can take tomorrow because some days you're just unmotivated so I find it really helps to get clear on a whole list of actions and then on the unmotivated days you just get up and you do two of them yeah and you don't have to think about it they're just there in front of you exactly as opposed to every day trying to think about both the big thing and the small things. I like to think about the big thing and maybe this is because how my brain, my brain works. I like to think about really big picture a couple times a year and then like maybe two to three months, a couple times a little bit more often. And then most weeks I want to just worry about what I'm doing that week. If I think about the big picture, I get totally overwhelmed and the goal seems really far away and it all seems super impossible. And your, your book is a workbook, isn't it? Where we can literally map all this out and write it down. Yes, I could go on about goals and big picture, small picture all day. <laughs> I want you to come back, yes. come back another day and talk about goals because your goal setting also has revolutionized the way I work. So. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, so the book, is, the book is Map Your Business. You can find it on Amazon. If you're in the UK, that might be the best way to get it. Um, you can also buy it from my site and I'll send it to you, a signed copy. Um, and everything, you asked where people could find my stuff, it's all at tarasweiger.com. And I will put all the links in the show notes. We are on episode seven, so it's going to be meanola.co.uk forward slash podcast seven. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Oh, I have had so much fun. Thank you, Tara, so much for that amazing dose of inspiration and information. I just feel like my head and my heart are full. You can check out all of Tara's links and pick up her awesome workbook as well as seeing all the show notes for this episode at meanola.co.uk forward slash podcast seven. And be sure to let both me and Tara know what you think. As ever, you can tweet me. I'm at meanola and you can find me on Instagram under the same name. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. Mm-hmm.